In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Uh, friends, as has been mentioned already, today is Trinity Sunday, and it's a capstone to this gospel journey that we've been on since Advent. Um, part of the uh, beauty of celebrating the church calendar is that we hear the gospel for, um, well, every Sunday. Uh, but we also hear it uh, proclaimed throughout the church year. And so the preparation and celebration of the incarnation happened back in Advent. You guys remember all the way back in Advent? This is December of last year. All the way back then. Um, during Advent and Christmas tide and uh, Epiphany tide, we celebrated God becoming human in the flesh of Jesus. And of course, we walked the way of the cross during Lent and Holy Week, beholding the crucifixion of Jesus. And during Eastertide, celebrating the resurrection of Christ from the dead and his ascension into heaven, where he now rules and reigns as Lord of the whole cosmos. And of course, last Sunday, we celebrated the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost, the gift that the Father promised, the presence of Jesus with us forever. And so Trinity Sunday is kind of this hinge point on the between these two halves of the church calendar, where Advent to Pentecost is the, the gospel story, and then the rest of the time is called ordinary time. So Trinity Sunday, I think of it as a hinge, as an overlap, uh, because it ties the threads of all the gospel story that we've heard throughout the first half of the church year, ties them all together theologically, and then launches us into ordinary time, where we work out our salvation together, learning to live this new life in the triune God as the church. However, Trinity Sunday can be problematic because often preachers think they need to explain the Trinity and they think that they need to bring some nifty new illustration that they saw uh, on the internet when they searched for this. Uh, that is not what we're going to be doing today because by definition, any illustration of the Trinity is also a heresy. So just believe me, if you see an illustration for the Trinity out there in the wild, do not look it in the eyes. <laughs> Back away slowly, and it won't it, it won't attack you. So, uh, anyway, if you have questions about some of this, some of this sounds crazy to us because we're used to being we're used to being able to comprehend things and sort of uh, understand things um, sort of comprehensively. Uh, but the Trinity is not like that. The Trinity is a doctrine that we teach uh, that allows us to uh, speak clearly about God. And so, um, so I'm not going to give any illustrations. Instead, I'm, the reason is the ultimate goal is not simply to be able to comprehend the doctrine. The goal is to allow ourselves to be drawn into the life of the God the doctrine speaks of. Amen? So the doctrine of the Trinity, though, it is important, right? Because it's how we speak truthfully about an incomprehensible mystery. It's a procedure for talking about God without committing idolatry. So that's super helpful, right? If we want to talk about God, we don't want to commit idolatry. The Trinity allows us to do so. So the doctrine is fairly simple. This is I'm going to teach on the doctrine of the Trinity for about 30 seconds, so get ready. And then the rest of this is going to be a proclamation of uh, some good news we're going to talk about here. The doctrine of the Trinity is fairly simple. There's one God who has been revealed as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But we don't really know how this works or what we mean when we say that. That's the doctrine. <laughs> A quote from uh, theologian uh, Herbert McCabe. He says this. This is the reason that some of these things are strange to us. Dealing with God is trying to talk about what we cannot talk about. It's trying to think about what we cannot think. 
To say that there is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit who are God is no more mysterious than to say there is God at all. In neither case do we know what we are saying. But in neither case are we talking nonsense by contradicting ourselves. Are you confused yet? That's the doctrine of the Trinity. We're contradicting ourselves, but that doesn't mean it's nonsense. This is how we speak truthfully about God. So we affirm, we're going to affirm this doctrine later. We're going to uh, proclaim the Nicene Creed together. The doctrine is all there. But again, our aim is not simply to be able to articulate the doctrine, because the doctrine is the result of the church's theological reflection on their experience of the presence of Jesus through the Holy Spirit and their worship together and their life together. The church had to take hundreds of years to fully formulate this as a doctrine, but they had been experiencing life in the Trinity from day one. As they worshipped, they experienced life in the Trinity. They just couldn't talk about it for a few hundred years, clearly. So our aim then, friends, today is to live in the reality of to which the doctrine speaks, that this God who is revealed as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is renewing all things and drawing all creation into participation into the life of the Trinity. And so here's our good news. Salvation, friends, is not a product we get from God. Salvation is participation in the very life of God. And today we are being drawn out of our separation, out of our fragmentation, into communion with the God who has been revealed as communion, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Will you drop your defenses today and consent to communion? We see this in our gospel reading that Nancy read for us. Nicodemus, a Pharisee, comes to Jesus at night because he's intrigued and confused. And then Jesus proceeds to further confuse him. This is often what is needed before understanding can come. Jesus says to enter the life of the kingdom, you need to be born from above. You need to be born of the spirit because what is being talked about here is a new kind of life in the spirit. The Son of Man is going to be lifted up. Whoever trusts in him will have eternal life. God loved the world. He sent his Son, and whoever trusts him has eternal life. God didn't send the Son to condemn the world, but to save the world. So, friends, notice these threads coming together. This eternal life, this saving of the world, is not a product we get from God. It's not a ticket to heaven to keep in our pockets for later. Salvation is a life. It's a new kind of life that starts now. It's the life of the age to come that overlaps with the present. So even now, friends, we're being drawn into the life of God. As you hear these words, God is speaking and inviting us to be drawn in. When we come to this table, we're drawn in to the life of God. This is also proclaimed in Paul's words to the Roman church. It's all about life in the triune God. The point of Pentecost is not that we get superpowers that we can use however we want. Again, it's not a product. It's not an object for us to hold on to and do things with. When we say that we have received the Spirit, we haven't received a product. We haven't received an object. We have received God himself in the person of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit is God present in our midst. The spirit of adoption that empowers us to cry out together to God as our Father, just like Jesus. And so our experience in worship and in our life together is that the Spirit bears witness to our spirits that we are children of God. And we are joint heirs with Christ. 
If we suffer with him, so that we will also be glorified with him. Notice that. If we suffer with him, so that we'll also be glorified. It's about participation in the life of God that Jesus shows us. In other words, we share in the very life of God when we walk in the sufferings of Christ. And as we do, friends, we're drawn into communion. We're drawn into the life of God. It's all about participation now as children and as joint heirs with Christ. Salvation, this thing that we proclaim, is not a product we get from God. It's participation in the very life of God. And today, friends, we are being drawn out of our separation, drawn out of our fragmentation into communion with the God who has been revealed as communion, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. What defenses do you need to drop today to participate in this life, to consent to communion? This communion happens with each other as it happens with God. You can't separate the two. If you're closed off to one another, we are closed off by definition to God because God communicates his presence to us through each other, through his body. And so what is it today that you're defended against? What is it today that's preventing you from right now consenting to the communion that is present? The Holy Spirit is here. The Holy Spirit's drawing us together. What is it in you that resists this? Maybe it's fear about the future. Keeps you locked in anxiety and fretting. Maybe it's a defensive self-preservation instinct that kicks in for you, that makes you want to insulate yourselves against conversations about racial justice or whiteness and how it's deformed our imaginations. Perhaps it's thoughts of judgment and condemnation towards others who aren't acting the way you would if you were in their situation. I know for me, the social isolation, the fact that I can't be with you as much, one way that it affects me is that it makes it easier for me to assume bad motives, to harbor resentment towards others, to assume the reason they're doing what they're doing is not charitable. It's easy for me to do that. I suspect it is for a lot of us. Friends, these are just reflexive defense mechanisms. They're understandable. They're okay. But they're just defense mechanisms our body comes up with to try to keep ourselves safe. But they don't work. The reality is they only bring about more heartache and grief because they bring about more separation and fragmentation. And they resist the communion that God is drawing us into, the open-heartedness towards each other that God is calling us to. So will you drop your defenses today and open yourself to communion with others in God? Will you forgive? Will you tell the truth? Will you ask for help? Will you let go of judgments? Will you seek reconciliation? Will you open yourself to compassion and curiosity about yourself and about others? Because here's the good news, friends. Today we're being drawn into God's life, into the life of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That's what happens at this table. We're going to come to this table. We call it communion for a reason. We're being drawn into God's life together as we partake in the body of Christ, which flows then into communion with each other as we become the body of Christ. Notice that's the same metaphor. We partake of the body of Christ, and then together we become the body of Christ, and like the prophet Isaiah, are sent to participate in the mission of the body of Christ. Friends, this is salvation. It's not a ticket to heaven. It's not a product we put in our pocket for later. It's participation now in the very life of God.
today, we are being drawn out of separation and fragmentation into communion with the God who has revealed, has been revealed as communion. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, let's consent to communion today, brothers and sisters. Let's allow ourselves to be drawn into the life of the Trinity. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Friends, let's respond together by standing. We're going to proclaim and recite the Nicene Creed together. As we do so, realize that what we're proclaiming is not just some interesting information here. We're proclaiming the God who invites us into communion. So as we proclaim these words, as we say that we believe, that we trust that this is our God and this is what has happened in the gospel story, allow yourself to be drawn into communion with this God of whom we proclaim. Okay? Yes. Let's proclaim our faith in the words of the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is visible and invisible. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation he came down from heaven, was incarnate from the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and was made human. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father, who with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. You may be seated.